podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. Uh, do sign up to them if you haven't done already. Uh, you can do it if you do it through us. Uh, there's all sorts of discounts on there. So it is theathletic.co.uk uh, forward slash The Anfield Wrap to get involved in that. Would very much appreciate it if you would, if you've been thinking about it. Uh, here in the studio to talk about Liverpool's game against Wolverhampton Wanderers, I've got Paul Johnson, uh, I've got Paddy Fitzsimons, and I've got Andy McCann. All to get stuck into that, maybe even talk a little bit about both the referee and the idea of the video referee, uh, and then also look forward to Sheffield United. But we'll start off with Andy McCann. It was a uh, what I'd say it was almost a quintessential game from both Liverpool and Wolves. Wolves don't give much away. They have low scoring games. They don't create a great deal. They stay pretty solid. They hang on in there. All of those things happened. But Liverpool are a brilliant side who find a way and are good at managing a game out. And those two forces hit one another in a tired football match as well. Yeah, I had a bit of a panic yesterday afternoon because we'd done a show last week, didn't we? And we spoke about how Wolves had approached the two games. And I thought they might do what they'd done, especially with Traore, and thought they might go strong the first one and kind of battle it out and, and then come to us and sit in for 65, 70. And I just had like a, a vision yesterday afternoon that we were going to rotate loads and I don't know why because he, he doesn't generally do it but I thought if the two fullbacks don't play and and I was panicking thinking this could go wrong and then when I seen the team I was just like kind of an air of calmness come about you because of how how good they are they're just as you said it, Wolves do what they do 3-5-2 they're not scared of admitting they play a back five most of the time away from home and they've got some very good players and they keep it tight and they try to nick it on the break and he's a really good manager who most teams will struggle against, but we are just absolute quality, aren't we? It's it's one way, Paddy. They have a couple of shots towards the end of the game with the pullbacks, and you're like, oh, they could they could have done a bit better there. But then when you actually break it down, you go, well, what did they actually create? They're on, they're in the game, they're not on top, but they're in the game, and they're in the game, and they're in the game. But in the end, you're almost left going, well, you've got to hurt us. And a lot of there's a lot of wolf supporters crying on, feeling like they deserved a draw. But to get a draw, if we've scored, you've got to look like scoring, and they never quite do. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons I think why their goal was celebrated so widely. I think it was because throughout that first half they hadn't created much at all, and it sort of just come out to nothing. I think it's, I think it come out as a surprise to them that they'd scored. And I think second half as well, there was a few nervy moments where they do put a few inside the upper tier of the Annie Road. Then, but I think also if, when you watch the game back in a, in a more calmer view, and you're on the ground, and you haven't got the nerves. I think they don't get in behind much. They, when you bring Triore on, he, he's a threat, but. He's one of them, he's easy to manage if you switch on, if you show him he's outside, if he's only got one foot, if you keep, when he's on the right, if you show him inside, he's not going to do much harm. I think, I think Liverpool dealt with him well in terms of, it's putting a shine out muscle him or outrun him. So if you stand off him and give him half a yard and then let someone else come in, I think there was, there was, the, there was one there, Yeah, a couple of them are tracking him and then Alana comes out of nowhere. It was almost like they planned for that, like at some point he's going to come on, they'll either start him or come on and listen, we'll just play on his weaknesses. He hasn't got the best touch in the world, he's not the best technical footballer so if we let him have a bit of the ball and then someone comes and sweeps in and takes it off and we, we can use that to our advantage I think I think Liverpool dealt with it really well there was a few nervy-ish moments there's one where Van Dijk gets caught on the ball and they run through but then that's why you got a top class keeper in to deal with them things well that's that's the other one there's the couple of pullbacks and there's that one which is just of our own making Van Dijk doesn't make many mistakes at all Paul He's, he can have as many as he likes really yeah. the minute. he's got quite <laughs> the pass <laughs> but you know as as Paddy says the keeper's there mm-hmm. and beyond that you are left sort of saying well go on how are you going to hurt us you, you're relying on our cock-ups for, uh, there's chance of them to hurt us and that's how they've been prospering this season to be yeah. fair to them taking advantage of other people's mistakes that's right and it, I always say the same you're at the game and you're nervous because you're in it and it's live and you don't know what's going to happen. You get home 
and whether you watch the Sky Sports highlights or Match of the Day as I did last night, and you go, do you know what? Apart from the one where obviously that's the only one where I think they did only shot on target, apart from the offside goal, the, the everything else it has to be a really good goal. I mean, it's poor Batiri and okay, you know they had they've got lads who are capable of easy scoring from there, but they never looked like you know. And as you said, Paddy, they ended up in the Annie Road. So it was only again when I, when I got home and when I've got a pint in my hand or a bottle of beer in my hand, watching match today, and I'm going, you know what? It wasn't as nervous as I felt at the ground, and I think it's just because of obviously you know how we back these lads, don't we? And and we think when we're watching it, you know, oh, we're under the cosh. We're probably not. The Wolves are having a spell. They're a good team. They're gonna have a spell. Um, and they were trying to get down again our right a few times. He got in behind Trent, but I mean that's not, not having a goal. I mean, obviously, I think they would do some good balls in there, but. Oh, they didn't actually, you know, like you say, their fans are saying that they deserve the point. From what you know, you've come to Anfield. If you look at the stats, you know, you, you, you haven't had loads of shots on target. You're not like you know, peppering the goal. Allison's pulling off these left, right, and centre. He saved one, which has come from a really poor mistake from our best centre half. So I, again, I, I think when you sit down and you reflect on it, I think we, you know, we fully deserve the win. Um, okay, it wasn't our greatest performance. It wasn't like you know, like we played against Leicester, but it was it was a, a, another good performance against the team who you have to play like that against. There's a bit of them whether it's both the nature of Wolves, Paul, but there's also a conversation around firstly for Wolves it's two games in forty six hours. Mm. And for us it's it's been a congested period. Mm. And I think he's, I think Liverpool almost the, the, they're very intense for the first 15 minutes of the second half and they don't actually create very much in the mm. same way that we're and Wolves for that Liverpool are on top but they don't create a great deal but they're very on top and I was that was the point actually I was most frustrated then because I was thinking if you go 2-0 there's a chance he leaves the big guns on the bench and says this game's dead and I was a bit like you just make it 2-0 now boys but we don't mm. but it's interesting to me that it felt like Liverpool then when they get to the hour mark they almost go right it's just 1-0 then that's and right. I think that's the maturity of this team now it just is able to say you know what then it'll just be 1-0 but the, and that's it and the, the fact that they can do that because you know those times where you know, again just around me a little bit of frustration we were keeping the ball and I was just like hang on we're 1-0 up against a good team okay and you know you've got to start to factor in fatigue okay I know they played you know only 24 hours earlier but we've had a congested period etc so I was thinking at this present time we're 1-0 up if it stays like this we've got three points we don't need to bust the guts to go, to go and get another goal we were keeping the ball well and okay, yeah, then you know some mistakes come in, so you understand why some you know anxiousness comes in the crowd. But I just thought he'd be bossed it. And again, this team now and this year, I think we can do that. I think there are games where we can go, we will win this one nil, and we will, and we do, and that's what happened again yesterday. The first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, I was really impressed with. I thought on the quiet was one of the, the best periods of football we've played recently because with everything that went on, all the nonsense just before half time, with the, you know, I'm sure we're going to come on to them with the, with the goal and the no goal. I thought they could have come out, you know, Cody was obviously, you could see at half time, he walked, and I believed in hindsight, didn't see it in the ground, but there was a few shenanigans, wasn't there, in the, in the tunnel as they were going down at half time. I thought they were going to come out with a real point to prove it, just to say, you know, you've, you've done this to us, and we didn't, we just bossed it. As you say, we didn't really create much, but we just controlled. I don't know exactly what it was. For me, the, the big change, which we may come on to, was, was the two substitutions. I thought one impacted us negatively, Kaita coming on for, for Lalana, because he'd been brilliant, and I thought Jimenez coming on made a big difference to them. I thought it just gave them an outball. I think on the points about like us not creating much as well, I think... I've never seen a side as good as us that just kill them five minute spells in games and like yeah. it goes back to that point that people are getting frustrated or we're not creating or moving the ball quick enough. 
I think what this team's so good at, there's loads of obvious examples that the final image and things like that of just getting through difficult spells and games. And I think I think part of it comes from this team's got so much confidence in their own ability and, and quality on the ball that they don't need to be all guns blazing to get a goal. If, if we're 1-0 up and we think, oh, we want to make it two, I think now we're, we're, we're far past the point of, right, that means we've got to go all out at attack and things. And, and part of that comes from a busy, a busy spell of games and things like that. But I think we've got that much confidence that we can just whether it be giving it to Trenton and just putting a quality ball in the box or whatever, we've got that much confidence in just being able to score whilst in third gear or whatever. And I think there was that moment, I think it was it, it might have been the first five minutes or whatever, where just out of nowhere, a few quick passes and Trent lashes that one across goal and Salah should probably put it in. Mm. And I think little examples like that just give the team confidence that, listen, like we can knock it around for five, ten minutes and then all we have to do is speed up a bit and catch them off guard and then we've got the quality to just go 2-0 up yeah. like that. Yeah, I think as well, you, you were saying there about Known when when you can up it. Do even in the second half. I mean, you, you look back. There's one at the end. I think Rob Robinson puts a ball across, and it's yeah. just yeah. waiting to be tapped in by someone. And so so even though it, there was, I thought that was a real fitness one. That you yes, know, like exactly. no one, no one quite yeah, had one to, more sprint to, in to them. Get in there Robinson's got that sprint, and he was really looking at them like, "Come on, lads, if I can do it, you can do it." But again, it was just that change of gear, wasn't it? We can up it and and create a chance that potentially could have just killed the game off. But they've got it in the locker. They can they can do. I'm always saying one of my my big thing is to keep the ball keep yeah. the ball if you got the ball they can't score simple as that but a lot of people don't see it like that as you say they, I think they get frustrated they want you to be constantly going forward and then you've got to take into account the, the run of games we've had the, and also the teams you're playing you, know, you can't necessarily just go hell for leather against Wolves yeah. because they have got some pacey players especially once as you say Andy they brought um, Traore in because he is he's quick and he's, 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 he's dangerous isn't he I think on that about keeping the ball all the time I think both make really valid points and going back to sort of that I've looked into it since it was on. I don't know if anyone watched Benitez on Monday Night Football the other week. He, he's just he's amazing, and yeah. I think we all love him. But he referenced the stat in your in the Europe top leagues. I don't know if anyone got onto it. Not much was made of it on the on the our Twitter afterwards. But less than seventy five percent of goals are scored with seven passes or more. So. Had any goals that actually scored from keeping the ball for a long time? Mm. So seventy, about twenty-five percent of them are set pieces, and the other fifty percent are in five or three passes or less, and that's in transition. So you're winning the ball back high, and it's less than five passes for a goal, mm. and that's exactly what I think we're good at. We're good at keeping the ball for long spells, but then winning it back high up and then just injecting, uh, as as you said, Paddy, that ball out wide and fizzing it across. Mm. There's. To go through the whole game, you've got to talk about the both the referee and the video referee. And, and I think you see, arguably, uh, Andy, you see yesterday, firstly, why they wanted to bring the video referee in. Because, frankly, and I think it's better to have this conversation when you've won a game so it doesn't sound like sour grapes. Mm. Frankly, the referee is appalling. He's appalling for much of the match. He, the decision he makes to disallow the Liverpool goal is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. It shouldn't spend take as long as it does to get it changed, uh, which is part of it. But the video referee is, you know, people are talking about it. I've tried to avoid it for some time, but it is a frustrating situation as well. And you can understand why Wolves feel hard done to. The rule is the rule, and I'm absolutely fine with that. The law is the law, and it is the way in which it is. But... Th- you get to see, I think, you get to showcase the worst of both, but the reason why people want to bring the video in. Yeah, I think, you know, not, ju- just, the, not just the fella last night himself, but referees have just got a, a they're just getting away with it now because everything's VAR. But that decision to disallow that goal last night was, uh, you know, people might come at me with different ones, but arguably one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. It was just, it was it, it, in real time, it was never on ball. None of the players called for it. And then 
as you say, you you know, I I done the same last night. Watched it back on match of the day when I got in. First replay, it was never on board. It was literally it, there was never a moment where anyone thought it wasn't. But he's almost had that howler taken away from him now because everyone's just jumping on this VAR bandwagon, which I, I'm not into like most people are. But he was he was a disgrace. For Manchester's finest was a disgrace, wasn't he? It's it is the, this is the first thing I think Paddy everyone always tries to say well they get an unbelievable high percentage of decisions right referees all this sort of stuff I think that that's I always feel that's over egged I also think going through the game there it did not feel as though a Wolves player had to jump on a Liverpool player's back for Liverpool to get a free kick and the slightest brush into a Wolves player gave them a free kick and as I say that can sound like sour grapes if we haven't won but we've won and so you can you can end up saying well this, there's a reason why they felt that they had to bring this thing in and the reason why is because there's a number of these fellas not just this one I think he's a very bad example but there's a number of these lads who, who either the game's just got faster and faster and they just can't keep up with it but I do I do feel as though there has been a bit of a crisis in refereeing yeah, I think yesterday's a big example of, again, without getting into a big debate of whether we should or shouldn't have it, is VAR's not going to fix everything. That's, yesterday's an example of just poor refereeing. There's, there's, there's examples in the game where one thing is just not a foul or one thing's clearly a foul and he just won't give it. And I think he's the biggest example of a referee. Once he's made his mind up on something, whether it's who he's going to give decisions for or who's going to give decisions against, he, just, he will stick to it and, it and there's no consistency whatsoever. There's, there's the times yesterday where... A Wolves player back into a Liverpool player and, and, and as soon the slightest touch he blow for it was Salah seems to every time anyone plays the ball with his back to goal. I don't know what the lad's got to do to get a free kick and it's like it's like they've all made the mind up of that like we don't give Salah free kicks now whether it's things of last season when he was getting penalties for things but <laughs> the lad just can't get a free kick no matter <clears throat> what he does. Yes, there's once yeah. every game it feels like Paddy West yeah. has got the hands around his neck yeah, and yeah. no one's and, yeah. and because he doesn't go down no one's blowing yeah. and, for and it. the problem is he's not coming down because there was, was that Cardiff away last season when he, he goes down which is a blatant penalty. I think it's Neville on commentary arguing against it, and then that, that thing that that's a, a rhetoric that gets in people's minds. Yeah. And things. So he's probably thinking now, I'm not going to go down for things like that. There's one at Brighton as yeah. well. One at Brighton as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Where, where where you know, he, he was pulled and he made the most of it. It was a stonewall pen, yeah. and yeah. it's given. But again, he's criticised for it. Yeah. And, 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 and although he did, there was one in the box of the Annie Road in first half yesterday, where again it looked like the lad had hold of him, and he's gone down. And again, the Wolves players are doing that. Well, well, you know what? We've seen him get literally molested for for, for about three yeah. weeks, and he gets nothing. Mm. So he, he, he literally is in. No win situation because he did try and, and yeah no it's it, it's just poor refereeing and, and then there's the question about I mean there's argument with the offsides given that what's the point of the lines because the, the the biggest example of the Salah thing was one down my side of the cop is right near the touchline and and the lad's got his arms right round Salah and the lines and literally two yards away and if he's not giving it then what is the point of him being there and then the, the, the on the offsides things their goal. Is there a point in them being? If they're not going to give fouls, they're never going to be able to call them decisions. So why don't we just every goal just go to that and, and draw your lines? Because what is the point of having these fellas? There's there is Paul. Um, Paddy's making a series of really good points there, and there is in general, as I say. After the match, the Bulls manager says, and he said that after the City game as well, he's talked about the feel of the game. The referee's got to get the feel of the game. And one of the things that drives me mad and has driven me mad for ages, and the Salah thing's a really good example, is refereeing through context. <laughs> it either is a foul or it isn't. I don't want his feel of the game. I don't want Anthony Taylor's feel of the game having anything to do with my football match. Anthony Taylor's feel of the game is fucking bullshit. I do not want it in my life. And I'm going, well, I want, I want it to be emotion-free somewhere. Because mm. it does feel like, for instance, there's a decision made around Salah. Well, he's not getting this and he's not getting this. And it feels like, well, if, if, if the feel of the game, if the feel of the player was taken out of it, you might actually get a few more decisions. 
I I am with you. I I absolutely hate that. I hate when you go. It's a Merseyside derby. It's a Manchester United Liverpool game, and the referees ref the game well because of the context of it. That's not what he's there to do. He's there to uphold a set of laws that have been set out. Everyone knows them. I've always said it. You can literally volley someone really hard in the first two minutes of a game and get nothing because literally there are times when the referee goes, "Oh, it's early on." I mean, yeah. I think you know, you've all made points and, and your point, what you said, the problem we've got at the moment is that we have got potentially, and I'm going to say apart from Oliver because I actually think he is probably one of our best, a set of referees who are the poorest set of premiership referees that I have heard Do you think seen. it's too fast? I, I don't know what it is, Neil, but I mean, you, you, I got home last night and watched a lad drag back uh, an, an Arsenal player when they are about to go four on three and he's been booked and in any law book or any person watching that game you go it's a second yellow and that changes the Chelsea go down to 10 men and Arsenal win that game now if someone sits here and said to me well you know well oh no VAR's VAR's terrible that should have gone to VAR and he should have said he needs to get sent off Mm. Arsenal get three points Michael Arteta it changes a lot of things I never want to sit here and say that we've lost the game because of of a a poor decision that's why I'm for VAR however it's clear and and Keown said it last night not that I agree with Martin Keown but the offside rule needs changing it basically you knew Neil and the whole line as a centre half mate I'm trying to play people offside that's one one of my tools however I wasn't looking to play the shoulder offside I'm looking to play the man offside and they need to change that rule because it's just going to cause debates VAR will turn round or someone who's in charge of VAR will say that yesterday at the Liverpool game VAR got decisions right so that's why they'll keep it I just think there's a a catalogue of other things around it that's making it more of a debate than it should be and I think one of them is the fact that we've got some goddamn awful referees and him being one of them I think the thing that annoyed me, and I really like their manager, by the way, I, I think he's a tough fellow, he speaks at, that comment you just referenced me where he said about taking refereeing, it's VAR's refereeing without emotion. It fucking absolutely should be. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's been brought in to do. Mm-hmm. If I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it, still I think it needs implementing. But it absolutely should be done by a faceless man in a, in a, in a quiet room going, no, because somehow the narrative around Taylor's mistake last night is gone and they've, people are now going back the media and, you know, nobeds on Twitter are now creating the, the narrative around whether Van Dijk and Ball it now concentrates on, on getting... They got it... VAR was spot on. VAR got that decision to overturn a horrendous mistake spot on. But it, I think it's just becoming... Like, you know, the offside, don't you? We could be here for an hour talking about it. But Carragher made a great point last night is whatever you change the rule to, it's going to be a millimetre over a line whether it's the front end or the back end so whether you've got like I don't know if you've seen Sunis's thing last night where he said swap it so only a millimetre of the person has to be onside it's still going to be a millimetre somewhere somewhere. does that but also in general I mean it's interesting you say that as as someone who played centre half at at, at, at the level you did Paul because I'm a bit like I don't know I feel as though it's biased towards the attackers anyway now we've we've liberalised offside loads it used to be no part of you could be level and that was too much the other way imagine how many goals Ian Rush would have scored if that wasn't the case I was saying this yesterday now you've got to the point where it is any sort of body part you've still got to be level I think if you got to the point where you're dealing with let's imagine you're dealing with Mo Salah and you're dealing with Raheem Sterling Mm -hmm. And what if their heels on? Hmm. 
the rest of them's on. Mm. Well, you're giving them a yard start. Mm. He could have a yard and a half and his legs there. Literally, his leg could be a yard and a half ahead. Mm. There'd be goal, there'd be games ending six, seven. And forwards like, for instance, Salah and Sterling would be better off than, for instance, forwards like Ashley Barnes. Mm-hmm. And trust yeah. me, Salah and Sterling are well better than Ashley Barnes yeah. anyway. They don't need the extra advantage. But don't, don't, sometimes, I, I, you know, on Twitter or, or, or actually people saying it, like Vars here to make the game better. Where, where, where does it say that? Where was the thing that says Vars going to make more goals? No, it's not. I've never. Now, unless I'm completely mistaken, I, I've never seen UEFA, FIFA, the FA, whoever saying we are bringing Var in to make our game more entertaining. It's not. Var is there as a tool to assist to get the right decision. And you know, you look back at the, our World Club final game. He goes through Neil, and we all shout penalty. The referee gives it. Okay. I'm sorry, if we did you know, without it, and if we scored our pen and win that game, and then replay shows it was a free kick, it was outside the box, okay, you might go, oh, we got one away, but at the end of the day, it was the wrong decision. And then we win the World Club Champions as the wrong decision. The referee goes, well, have a look at it, it's outside the box. Now, what he then did <laughs> was <laughs> metal, was metal. And again, people can go, what's VAR doing? No, VAR, VAR shown that it wasn't a penalty. And every man and his dog can go, oh, yeah, it looked a pen, didn't it? And again, that's what you said, Andy, about the context. What if that was. You know, in a ground there where I don't know how many Liverpool sports were there, but let's say it was a fever pitch. It's the last minute, literally, which it was. The crack up penalty the referee gives you. You don't. You want someone to be so, going, okay, yeah. well, hang on a minute. No, it wasn't, you know. It was outside the box. Really? And the right decision he made. He made the absolute yeah, but thing of that, didn't he, But The flip side, though, Paddy, is how long things took yesterday and yeah. the fact that you're not really clear what's going on. It was really interesting. I think there were some Liverpool supporters who thought the goal had been given, R1, and the, the VAR was checking it, whereas yeah. the other way around. But you had no way of knowing, really, yeah. unless you actually just looked right, because it was. It looked so much like a goal. I didn't even look at the referee. I, it took me a minute or two to work out which way that had gone. And it is, you are just sort of left standing there. No one really knows what's happening. Everyone's having a little bit of a chat. There's loads of time for people to be mumbling, grumbling and complaining. And that's one of the reasons why the atmosphere turned the way it turns. Yeah, no one by me had a clue what was going on. I think I think I, I thought it had been ruled out, but I wasn't sure what for. Someone by me thought he'd get, he was looking at a penalty on Lanana, pushing the back and wasn't going to give the goal and was going to give a penalty instead. There was all kinds of people thinking. And I think the obvious thing that's said about VAR is that it ruins the match-going experience for the fan, and I get that as like someone who goes to the game. But also, like... This thing about like oh it's been brought in for TV is not it's it can't be any fun on TV watching a, a fella draw lines or someone <laughs> yeah. slow down frames of like 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 the Club World Championship how many times did we have to see like Sadio Mane's foot like that's not entertaining I'm getting no joy out of like waiting whether he's gonna give it a penalty or not so you not got a foot fetish no, no yeah. <laughs> the time it's given is is a massive problem as well I think Conor Cody spoke well after the game and I think. What you might start seeing now as well after that is players come out and talk more about it because if fans are getting frustrated by it, I think it's, it's for someone like me who couldn't care less about it once it's gone. And the fact that players are speaking up about it now and saying, listen, it's taking forever. But the other point he made, Paddy, was great, yeah. he, I think he did speak brilliantly. He said about how he said the dialect between them and the referees was yeah. frustrating. Now, again, when I played that my level, which is down here, that used to wind me up. It was like he couldn't speak to them. Yeah. And I remember he being told, go away, I was captain, so I, I was the one who was meant to speak to people. Go away. I said, referee, can I speak to you? Can, yeah. If he'd have said to me, right, Paul, I've gifted this decision because I felt your number two did that. And that's what Cody was saying last night, wasn't yeah. he? He was saying that. The dialect is usually good. And he actually said that Taylor's dialect is usually good. He said, but to, he would not tell me what he was checking. Yeah. And you think, well, this is the, why are you going to get back, people's backs up? He's the captain of Wolves. See, he I, should be saying, I don't know if I, I, I've read that. Dif- I've read that Taylor was saying he didn't know. 
Not that he refused. I, I read it like Taylor was going, I don't know. Right. They're checking something, but I can't tell you. As in, I don't know. But but even that, surely that yeah. should be better. Surely the guy in Stockley, Heath, whatever it's called, <laughs> should go, Anthony, I'm checking on the ball through to Jota yeah. or whatever. Blah, blah. And then he can then say to, to, to Cody, and you're, what's happening? We're, we're checking this one. Uh, and then Cody My, go, okay, but I, it, it's, I think there's a lot of things, I, isn't there, that, 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 that need looking one, at. One, one of my things is the longer it goes, the more I think it's going to get changed. Because they must be looking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, if it's just if it, if it was just nailed on, then it'd just be you well, know what thing, I mean. Like, especially with the Ambo man. Like the first thing I said to our kid next to me, I said, "Well, if it's taking that long to decide whether it's Ambo or not, it can't if it's his arm because if you thought it was Ambo, yeah, either quickly said they, they said, yeah, you're right, it's Ambo, mm. no goal. The longer it went on, you're thinking, well, if if if, if, it, if they've got to zoom in that much on these still frames to see if it's his arm or not, well, it hasn't, has it? So, but you're doing a lot of that work in your own imagination in the ground, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a bit yeah. like yeah. you know. See, I saw Taylor. Point to his hand and 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 felt he'd blown the whistle too early for it to, to be a goal because actually you don't have to blow the whistle for the goal. So I heard the whistle and Taylor do that. Yeah. So I was fuming because my whole point was like again because of him, he's made a massive rod for his own back there because even if he thinks right that's some ball, I'll just watch it bounce down. Man, he slots it. It's a goal, and I'll just go. I'll be honest with you. I'll give it. I, I just check the handball because I was going to give that, and then everyone can carry on celebrating, and nothing, nothing changes then. And I can just say, you know, um, the checking for the handball, no chance. But but he made a massive rod for his own back. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good job, man. It's a good job, man. He sticks in because it if he hears that whistle and just goes yeah. out. I've now apparently uh, the whistle didn't blow until the ball was, was just in, in the, the net. net. Oh, um, but yeah. so that's why, because obviously they're apparently Wolves can then have a. They could yeah. if it did have, if it would have blown, they could have had a legitimate. It, it mightn't have been a goal because yeah. because said well I've stopped because you blow yeah. you blew the whistle but I think the thing with it though it, 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 and like it was mentioned before I think it, it's letting them off the hook more than anything because the referees yeah because already we're not and, and the wider narrative of us no one's talking about his decision to give handball there and it, and it's just it's not handball at all but no one's talking about that at all at the time the length of time it takes to make the decision the aftermath of it all the communication of the players and I think it's it sort of shoots them that this is involved because. I mean, Carragher and Neville did that thing I think, a year or so ago where they went into where the referees are and they said, like, how, how much they analyse decisions and that. I don't know if they... Are they, are they going in and... Are they, are they sitting Anthony Taylor down this week and, and asking why you give him ball there? Or are they saying, like, oh, well, into the lads, the lad in the VAR mm. studio who's out Anthony out there? It, 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 it's, I've thought it all season, but it's more and more to cover the refs back. There was that thing for the first six weeks or so of the season where they, had, no, they hadn't been, like, nothing had been overturned and it was because they don't want to, like, they don't want to ditch the mate. They don't want to look and listen, mate. You, you've, but they're doing it more so now, but I'm not saying it's about the conspiracy thing that they're taking so long because it, get, get, it stops people talking about his decision, but Andy Taylor's not going to bed tonight thinking, like, oh, God, I just think of them because he's thinking, oh, well, my mate sorted me out. It doesn't matter, whereas players don't get that benefit of things they don't get, you know, so... Over the last two weeks, there's been two goals... That were disallowed by the referee overturned because of balls ups. Yeah. Mm. Do you know who they both were? Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor, yeah. Mm. So last night and I can't remember the game, but he done and they're the only two in the in the last six weeks or so. But I, I, I completely agree with Paddy. I think it's given them a bit of an out. I think the the conversation he's at the the way I read the Connor Cody interview was very much like Taylor was throwing his toys out the pram a little bit by being like, well, they're not telling me, so I'm not... You know, like, <laughs> almost like I've given, but they're all yeah. overruling me, they're all... You know, so it's not like my problem kind of thing. And I just think, as you say, you know, I haven't played it in the round decent levels. It, 
the best referees are the ones that you can have a bit of a chat with and they, they explain to you and they say, you know what, here's what here's what we've done or, you know, they come over the touchline now and go, ref, why have you give that? The ones who just tell you to go away, that gets your blood boiling more, but the ones who go, you know what, I may, I've had referees come on the touchline to us on, on a Saturday and go, you know what, I, I, I might have got that wrong there, but from my angle, here's what it looked like. And you go, all right, fair enough, yeah. Uh, and then you have a little word with them afterwards about, well, remember that next time. <laughs> hey, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know I mean? But the ones you, you, you give you want to hear an overview, yeah. <laughs> um, just on that, though, and this is back to the context thing, after that, after that our goal gets given, that's where I thought he especially started to give them more and more. Mm. That's where I was especially like, give me that. gets a book on, doesn't he, shortly after, for, yeah. for not on at all, when they've been like, I don't think he, I don't know if he booked a player before then, and it was literally just the softest thing, he's a bit, little bit late in the challenge. And it was near the edge of our box, Debo Clolan. I just thought after that, as, as if he's like appeasing, as, as if to say, you know, it's gone the wrong way. Like also, you know, yeah. with him, you'd actually think, is he probably done it because it's Lalana? And Lalana, when when our goal goes yeah. in, is going off his head, going, that, 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 it hit me here, it hit me here. And obviously, then it gets checked. And it's, it, it does feel <laughs> like Andy Taylor's like, <laughs> well, you know what? I'll show you using your shoulder. Have a yellow card. Yeah, and, but, the, but the problem is, when we were saying before about refereeing the game, it was it was a fast paced game and it was a physical game, but Lalana was one of them players that was probably fresh and hasn't played that much football this season. He was one who was keeping up with him and flying into tackles and all fairly but wasn't rash or anything like that. I just think, well, if you're gonna referee the game, we'll have a bit of common sense and think if I book this lad that, that that's a disadvantage to Liverpool. If it, if it's if it's a fair book and fair enough, but if you're gonna book him for nothing and you're claiming to be refereeing the game, well then I, I have a think about it and you're like you're harnessing his ability right now to, to play his game. So I just, the argument that the referee in the game is it, it's when it suits them and like he said it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was because mm. it was Lalana who, who was the assist for the goal and because because he'd given it, he thought to well, level it up maybe I'll give a book to one of Liverpool's mm. He was the only player booked in the yeah. whole game that was the only book yeah. well, It was just season. in between <laughs> one it was in between the goal and their goal Because yeah. yeah. they had a free kick because it was a dangerous yeah. a semi-dangerous position only because they've got a couple of lads who can hit them from that yeah. distance and I think they, they went out for a corner and, and, and eventually it, it was from that there, passage yeah. play that yeah. they, they equalised from but uh, I mean, I think it was a foul, but yeah. I don't. I didn't think it was a booking no. at the time. Um, moving back on to the football and the bit that matters, <laughs> um, which is that the Liverpool performance. Talked about Liverpool being excellent at starting again in my thing last night that they just start again every single time. Van Dijk makes the mistake, the keeper makes the save. There's no recrimination. Oh, yeah. Start again. We'll deal with the corner. We miss a couple of chances. We start again. We keep creating. They're absolutely brilliant at it. I think someone who's who's got that in the last three, four games, got that back in his game, Andy, is Joe Gomez, where you felt like a few weeks back, one thing, one little thing goes wrong for him, it mounts. Then another thing goes wrong for him, it mounts, and it's all in his head. Right now, he's just absolutely in the moment, and it was a it was a genuine class performance yesterday, overshadowed by everybody talking about the referee. Yeah, he was tremendous. I think he was certainly my man of the match, upon reflection, I think, gauging responses, I think he's everyone's, but... It's just that little bit of a run, like because when he he had a few games of fullback, didn't he? And then the ones where he come back, where I think everyone, including me, was a bit worried about him. He played centre out, but he didn't play alongside Van Dijk, did he? He played in the League Cup, and yeah, he had another game where he thought, "Oh God, what's happened to him?" Yeah, for me, he's better than he was this time last year. At the minute, he's playing, he's playing at a higher level. And he's making, you know, he's he's got two 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 out of three man of the matches now, and he's making Van Dijk look ordinary or look kind of equal to him which is which is unheard of really but just everything about him is positional he's a he, we the fullbacks play a lot higher I think when he plays certainly Trent because he plays his side because the, the confidence and the recovery and his, his positioning and he's had two or three of them now and he this in the last couple of games where he's 
the ball's gone over the top and he's sweeped in behind Van Dijk. And to have that ability, because normally, Paul, as you being, you know, the, the residence <laughs> expert centre that. <laughs> Normally you have one and you have one and yeah. the other. And as a centre half who likes to win headers, you always try and couple in with a yeah. with a centre half who sweeps or you have your full backs playing narrowed. With them two they can both do mm. either. Both of them can either go up and win the other and the other one sweeps and you're confident that if it goes over they've, they've got yeah. the pace to recover. But no, he's um, he's a joy to watch at the minute. He's been, Paddy, he has been, as I say, it's been a bit sticky for him. I don't think playing at full back is great for his confidence when we talk about making mistakes and growing from them. It's very difficult to be Trent Alexander-Arnold's understudy, especially when Virgil van Dijk and Jordan Henderson are screaming at you about your position and it's not the same as, as Trent's. Yeah. You know, whereas now he just looks completely settled in his own skin, really, really comfortable, really, really confident. Yeah, I think the problem a few weeks back was, even at the start of the season when Matip was fit and he'd come in for games, I think he played a few of the home games in Europe, and I think I think it's hard for someone like Gomez, especially given his position, to come in and make an impact. And I think, I think Gomez's biggest strength is that he's a front foot centre half? He's all action. He can get, get moves about more than Van Dijk who reads the game. And I think I think his problem during that period was he was very very front foot and he was trying to make an impact and he was trying to almost do too much and try too hard. And I think it might have been the um, the Salzburg game. He gets caught out a few times just because he just goes a bit too early and then they spin him and then he, and he's caught on the wrong side. And I think people get a bit frustrated with him. But I think a lot about Gomez and I, think some, I was listening to a show Jordan when he when he wasn't doing too well and someone made the point that listen he's going to play 400 500 games for Liverpool and like young players like that go through spells and I think it says a lot about his character now that what is it five years into his Liverpool career and how many, t- how many moments have we had where it's been a bit sticky or tricky for him and we've all said like oh go, you know it's, it's make or break this for Gomez getting back into the side or where he's going to get his game from and, and here he is now we're talking about him as like one of the best centre-backs in the league again already mm-hmm. and I think it says a lot about him now despite a difficult start of the season that centre-half and then obviously he's, he's had his struggles at right back already given a run on the side he's back to what or even better than he was this time last year. And I think, I think at right back he struggled because I think Klopp believes him at right back because there was times in seventeen eighteen where he was almost our first choice before Trent holds that position down. But I think because of how good Trent's been since then, the way we play is completely different. We we use our fullbacks so differently. Even to then when we, we did have attacking fullbacks, and I thought Gomez was was all right seventeen eighteen even going forward. But we rely so much on the way our fullbacks play now that. It's, it's it's difficult for anyone, never mind the centre half to slot into that position. I think Milner sometimes struggles there getting up and down the pitch, albeit he does his best. But I think now that you've seen him comfortable next to Van Dijk, I think they like playing together. I think Van Dijk sees him as sort of like a younger brother figure who we can talk through games. I think he likes that responsibility. But as well, I think on the point when we talking earlier about Wolves creating chances, the only times I think people got nervy in the ground where when they were going down to centre side towards mm-hmm. the end and then they switched to Traore over. But that's going to happen anyway because a team's got to attack us somewhere and I think naturally they look at Trent which is fine because we look at teams and you've got they've got to find a weak point somewhere but I didn't see that as a, a weakness on our part or a threat that they were going down that side when Gomez was sweeping and I thought well that's what he's there to do Trent's naturally going to be further up the pitch so the fact that we've got Gomez who's covering I, I seen that as a positive that he was finding it so easy to sweep up I, that, that what Paddy said there Paul I think this, this is the difference between Gomez playing there and Lovren or Matip is yeah. that idea that he actually knows how to play right back yeah definitely play right back for Liverpool so he's a, I think he's better able to help cover Trent's bits and pieces 100%. and he's absolutely spot on yeah it was great to ask us that mate he, 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 there was a couple of there where in 
saying that the lad beat Trent um, too easy for, for, for yeah. tonight. But you know what? It, that's going to happen, man. And you've, you've got to sort of always and he'll work on that part of his game. But Gomez has come across, and he there was one he stopped the stopped the cross going in, and you know what? You, and he went out for a corner, but he, he got up, and you could see he was physically made up. And again, everyone was high because it's they realise how important every little minute detail is. Van Dyke celebrated blocking the one on the edge of the box, you know, when yeah. it went out for a corner in the last minute, and it's that mentality of of throwing yourself on in the, on you know on the line almost. For, yeah, I think as well, probably being a young centre half, he likes that responsibility yeah. of having to look after Trent and say exactly. like, yeah, it, that, that's going to lift him up and give him more confidence if he knows. Listen, the way Trent plays, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it is his defensive weaknesses. I think it's just the way he plays the game. Yeah, How high up the pitch he is, and, and naturally going to get caught. I think we're going to have to be, you know, accept in a way that you know he mightn't ever be the greatest defensive yeah. right back in, in the world. Yeah. But, but, he, but even if all of a sudden, if all overnight, he all of a sudden did become the best defensive, I wouldn't want him to sit in any no, more than he would. Because I would be hundred percent. I'd still want to stay up the pitch. Exactly. I think you all just look. Yeah. so. I mean, there was one there. You said it there where Van Dijk had lost the header and the lad was in. In first half, and he just comes across, and he just gets it. Okay, he goes off for the corner, but it was just—it was literally—he was quick. That lad, I don't know what it might have been, that Johnny or whatever. But he—he he, he, he was yeah. brilliant. And as you say, Martin Keown did a, a little bit on him and Van Dijk on match of the day last night. And again, it was great analysis. He was calling for him to be, you know, um, first choice centre half for England. That's what Keown was saying. But um, we were I think, I think yeah, I think, and the only thing I think. It's, why you're seeing them more attacking that side was, I think, the substitution that Andy said before about that made us weaker was bringing Kiter on. I think we did miss Lalana when he went off, and he's another one that we, I think we should talk about in terms of the performance that Lalana put in. But I think on the subject of looking after Trent and that side, which is naturally teams are going to attack us on, I think you often see him bring Milner onto that side as a sub to look after a bit more. And I think it's just the biggest credit to this team and as well the managers. Do you all know? It's like they've got the best knowledge of any game that we're going into possible, so they know they know the times the team's going to attack us more than that side. They know what to cover. Gomez knows. Listen, I'm going to be I've got to be alert to, to cover. Milner knows when he comes on. I've got to look after him a bit more. I think it, it just, it, it's why we're so good and so solid that everyone knows the job and responsibilities. On on Lallana, Andy, um, the thing that's most impressive is just gets dropped in and plays like that. And that to me is it's, it's impressive about Lallana, about his character, about his approach, about the way in which he, he views his role in this squad. But it's also impressive around what everyone must be doing in training. The coaching staff, obviously, certainly, but also the players themselves. You know, I suspect the Liverpool's training is of such a high level at the moment that everybody is just bang into it. And then he's able just to come in and yeah. offer that performance. Did anyone else, was it just me, did anyone else see a 4 2 3 1? Yeah, he plays, him, first, he, he, he plays in favour of the right first half. Yeah, yeah, definitely for the first 40 minutes or so. But I think. We spoke about it on last week's show, Neil, about I think the standard and the level and the intensity of our training means the games are almost not not almost not as high. So I think, what, and that alludes to what you're saying, where the players are coming in and going, yeah, it's sound this. Mm-hmm. I can play Wolves at home, no problem. Because I've just played a 40-minute training session two days ago with all of these lads, the ones who aren't getting in the squad. So when they then step in to play against inferior players... They've been playing at that such an intensity in training. They're just fitting straight in. And I think it's very key, like what Paddy said, where he plays them. Because I think, uh, fortunately for Robertson, Robertson's a, a, an unreal footballer, but he has arguably our best player ahead of him in Mane. But not just the best attacking player, someone who gives you more than I've ever seen a footballer who plays in the attacking third, <laughs> give you as a defender. And I think Klopp generally picks the right-sided player of the midfield three or in the, in the the three of the four two three one to help Trent out, and I think he done it with Lallana brilliantly last night, I, because he knows he gives you that, and he 
he's just tireless and he? he's just mm. he must be a pain in the ass to play against because <laughs> as you said he's kind of playing last night and a little bit of the land of the Giants and Anthony Taylor eventually books him for, for was nothing yeah. of a tackle there was, there, was, there was loads worse last night before he got booked but he just never gives up and I think like, it's got someone who's had muscle injuries and all kinds as well he doesn't shake out of anything no. and he's not bothered he'll push his body right to the limit I think that's the biggest credit to the manager he's getting players to the level that they've been or the highest they have been I think it was a point I made on a, on a show after the derby where when the manager made all them changes to the derby I think people were saying like oh these lads have come in with a point to prove and I, I said Jordan again none of these lads who have come in have got a point to prove we all know how good they are and the fact that Lalana can come in and play games now and I don't think he looks like someone who's trying to get back into the side or make I'm sure he'd love to play more games and start more games but it's like they've all got this understanding of well, we're all part of the team and we'll get the games where we get mm. them and Lalana didn't look yesterday or any times he's played this season I think he's quietly been outstanding this season um, he doesn't look like a player who's thinking to himself, oh, I've got to do too much to get back on the side. I think he looks like a player who goes, well, I know my ability and I know what I can offer the side. And yet this team's developed and grew and changed and got better since I was playing every week in 16, 17. But that doesn't mean I'm going to change or it just means I'm going to be the best player and the best version of Alana I can be. And that's good enough for this Liverpool team. Hmm. Why do you think he's up some? Say again, sir. Why do you think he's up some? I don't know, because you, uh, I didn't think he was tired. Uh, but you, because as you say, you know he hasn't played that many games. But yeah. then maybe sometimes I don't know it's an old that match fitness type thing. It is. It might be slightly different. Uh, you make a cracking point about the, the training. You'd like to think that it wouldn't make a difference. It might be the only thing. Maybe maybe he did feel a little twinge. I don't know. But because I I wouldn't have got, when when I saw um, Kaita putting his top on, I wouldn't have necessarily. It was for I thought maybe Genie. It may be. Um, but I, think, I think he subs him because he's starting against Sheffield United. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he yeah. subs him because he's gonna. He's 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 already decided. Yeah. So rather than asking to. Do 90 and 90 because mm. I think he's thought give him 60 give him, give him half the seconds half give him 70 get him yeah. off because he's starting for me against Sheffield United and there's yeah. every chance Henderson and Wijnaldum aren't I think that's that's definitely why he subs him why he goes with Keita I think the only thing I referenced before about I thought we started the second half really well I think the only reason he does Keita instead of Milner is because we were on top and I was thinking, is he just going to try and kill it? And then Milner comes on five minutes later for Ronaldo. And it just never panned out like mm. that. So then it makes it look a, a, a bad sub. We still end up in the game, but Kaiser doesn't really offer much because we tend, I thought when he came on, and it may have just been a coincidence, so I thought we lost a little bit of control of the game. And that's when I went a bit ragged for 15 minutes. And then I thought they had the better the last 10, 15, but not in any way where they, mm. where they damaged us. Um, looking at Sheffield United, it's it's one party where they are tired. I mean, let's just, I mean, but also Sheffield United, it's not going to be easy for them either. It's not going to have been easy for them. So let's just, you know, it, it's worth remembering all of that. But you do expect them to make maybe a few, a few more changes for that than you made for this one. Yeah, definitely. And, and it'll be a tricky game as well. I think when you look at Sheffield United, there is comparisons there with Wolves. I've had to go with the, the three slash five at the back and then the, the both big sides. And yet they just come off the back of playing City away so they're going to be tired as well but I think it's all about like he's like he's done so well this season using the squad wisely I think that, I, I, I was I was struggling to find the reason why Alana was subjective but now that you say he probably will start you wouldn't be surprised if another couple of them come in like Shakiri hasn't had much football since the derby or whatever she did and there's ways you can freshen it up and listen you wouldn't be struck if Origi gets a start and against a side like that it's not the worst in the world because again there's big lads and I thought it was a good sub yesterday coming on because no one wants to play against that when you're, when you're knackered in the game. So Sheffield United comes to Anfield and then she did a start and the last thing you want is a big physical lad running at your all game to tie them up. But yeah, so I think, I think he will freshen up and listen. I think 
he looks at games and blocks when they talk about listen like we play each game as it comes we won't have any luck they've been planning for this period for a long period of time now and I think he'll have had this in mind and I've got no doubt he'll have planned and prepared for it and the changes that, that won't be made will be necessary when, d- what was up with Shaqiri last night? Not he wasn't sure. in the squad, was he? Yeah, there's, an, yeah. there's meant to have been an injury late on, uh, which yeah. he's, uh, it's a hamstring injury, uh, which means he's likely to miss uh, against Sheffield United oh. and Everton uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, not out for long, but maybe a week or ten days. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be really tough against Sheffield United. I really do, um, and 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 I, I shouldn't feel like that against any team at the moment with this with this red team. But I, again, I watched them last night, the highlights, and they've been really unfortunate at, at, at Manchester City. And I know City aren't, you know, playing great at the moment, but they've got the, the first the first goal City score shouldn't be shouldn't be given that literally the referee tackles yeah. the Sheffield United lad yeah. and I think you should in, in the fairness of the game I think okay he didn't hit him but I think he should say no you know what that that, that should be a bounce ball and you should get it back they have a they have a, another close VAR decision to, to rule out the goal um, they should score at least another couple so I think it's going to be tough but again like you said I think that we can make changes and know that the lads who are going to come in are going to do just as good a job yeah. um, and, and, and you know hopefully we, we, we should have enough to beat them but I think it'll be a tough game I think they're, they're playing really well and I I like what their manager's doing. I think he's, he's got them playing really well. You mentioned about Wolves. Yeah. They are kind of some quite a physical team. Um, but also they've got some decent little players in them. So yeah. um, I think we've got to be on the ball as well. And whoever you start, you know, hopefully we can, that'll be enough to, to get us through that one. I'm not convinced they'll make that many changes, you know. Sheffield I, I think Liverpool. he'll just, Liverpool, I think he'll go go once more for me and then you're having a week off. And so you think he'll make and the change for the derby? I think he'll just completely, I think we'll think that... I was going to say people's heads will fall off with the Derby team, but I don't think he will because I think everyone's expecting it to be a, a, a bit of a second string. I think he'll literally give the ones he... So he'll say you've got the 30th to recover the 31st, you've got the first, we play the night of the second, that's almost four days. Four days, and then he'll go, right, you can go and have three days off the majority of you, and then you'll see Milner, you know, I think Curtis Jones and that'll figure, but I, I, yeah, I don't think he'll make that many changes. Uh, yeah, I think... On the, on the, you, you might be right there as well telling them to go again I think last night was a difficult game but there's an argument a lot of the players didn't expand too much energy mm-hmm. like the likes of, the likes of Salah didn't, didn't do too much run I think when you talked about the system before the 4-2-3-1 and that sort of allowed them not to be too close to the touchline after to track back as much so yeah there is an argument that he turns around and says to them listen go again and I think what benefits us most like we were just talking about before is the way we play now is either if they are a bit leggy or, or are a bit tired if we just keep the ball, chances are going to come. And you can even you make a case that last night he said to them, "Listen, we've got to play this game a certain way because I want you fresher for Sheffield United because that's yeah. going to be a, a game where listen, Wolves might gamble on this one. I think to an extent, although they didn't create too much or go all out last night, I think they there was an extent to their game plan, which was listen, we've got to win against City. This is a free hit ish with, with the fact that the game was such a short turnover that they weren't going to come and sit in and grind out for the points. Whatever they would listen, we've got our three points. If we get three points over the two games, we would take that." So I think it was an element of listen. We can use this game now to to dog the one nil once we once we're one nil up. But we, we thought listen, if we get a second, we can just see it through. But I think it's, you might you might use last night as a way of get get minutes in the legs. But Sheffield United, we go, we get the win, we go all out, and I think the players the, the players there who played last night probably have got it in them to do that again. I think there's a, the the mentality just around this, around Leicester, and by the way, let's be honest about Leicester, they must have put an awful lot into playing yeah. that well. Yeah. Um, the Leicester into Wolves, 
you're saying there before, but you, I think I think each of you has actually referenced an incident where Liverpool have defended well and celebrated it or mm-hmm. celebrated mm-hmm. it with one another. You know, the mentality of them, I think, Paul, at the moment is there's a really clear job to be done. It's the absolute opposite of complacency. I yeah. think I think it is the absolute. Everything is about, you know, we've got a really clear job to do. And, and I think you see that last night and it may well almost be difficult for, you know, what's he going to say to Van Dijk? I don't want you to play against Sheffield United. <laughs> you go absolutely berserk yeah. because they're all committed to the job that's in front of them. I think, and, I, you know, whether it was the point when that final whistle went in Madrid, that, that, that this mentality is now, uh, you know, sort of embedded in, in the team, I'm not too sure. But it literally feels like, you know, they look at that table and they see the 13 point gap and it means nothing to them. And, and as a fan, that's what you want to see because, you know, when none of us around this table are saying, oh, it's in the bag or whatever, but they literally feel as if it's like, no, Sheffield United three points and I'll run through walls for you I'll make challenges and I think probably Andy could be spot on by saying I think he will go very strong and he'll see that this is the important game not saying that the derby against Everton isn't but I think he will go maybe stronger in that one to get the three points because they are relentless and they want to be relentless and and the the way we're playing you know whether it you know, two two really stark different performances there. You got your Leicester game, which I thought we were phenomenal, and then your Wolves game that you know we played well in patches, but we did exactly what we needed to do to beat the team who were in front of us, and that's what we keep we keep doing that. We keep beat playing it well enough to beat the team who we're playing. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but if you do that all year, you're, you're going to do all right. I think the, well, the result last night and the way the game pans out shoots that thing of like keeping the mentality going and, and this this will to win every game no matter how point the points gap is because. I sort of like the fact that we were clinging on at the end. Obviously, Leicester's great when you're three and a four and a little bit ten to go. But the fact that last night they're still fighting for every ball, and then when the final whistle goes, it feels massive. Wolves at home, yeah. December when you're thirteen points ahead. I sort of like that. I want them to keep winning and winning yeah. because I think I think it's part of the thing last season of ninety-seven points not being enough, yeah. and I think it's also part of they look like a football team. You just wants to win forever mm-hmm. and keep winning and keep winning until it's mathematically possible that it, it, it's done. And I think. Listen, I'd love another one nil against Sheffield United one because it'd be a win. But I'll, I'll, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed Leicester. That, that was we made it relatively easy towards the end. But so last night I thought it was great. And that's I think of the players defend like enjoying defending and feeling massive making blocks in that. It's all part of the thing of listen. They all they all know the job that they want to do, but they also they're enjoying doing it. They want to fight for each other and they want to fight to get points. It's it's one where. Andy, at the minute, Liverpool are the best team in the country. The league table doesn't lie. Uh, they're as far ahead because they are the best team in the country. Nothing is in the bag. Um, it's never felt closer. Let's be honest about that. We can be honest about that. I'm sure we all have our own moments as to where we were when we found out Wolves had gone 2-2 or 3-2 <laughs> against Manchester City. Uh, it's a bit like when JFK got shot. Uh, <laughs> but, Andy, there is, there is something where... What Liverpool are doing is holistic. It's, they're able to play terrific attacking football. They're able to cut you open. They've got tremendous finishes. They've got midfielders at the moment who are capable of 40, 50 yard passes, but also capable of putting the bodies on the line. The centre halves are absolutely tremendous and they're brilliant at being centre halves, not just the idea that they're also yeah. pinging 50 yard balls. That's true as well. And it is, and this is where I think when you talk about what the country thinks and all of this sort of stuff, I'm really pleased. 6.6 million people plus whatever was online watched us uh, win the World Club Championships in the way we did 1 0 because they actually got to see what this team's about. It's about winning and it's about every aspect of the game. Liverpool aren't just an unbelievable, phenomenal attacking force. They are brilliant at everything that makes up football. Yeah, every every element they love. They love winning scrappy 1-0 wins at home. They love, you know, bouncing out like a peacock at Leicester as world champions and floating the feathers about as if to say, we're, you know, we're, we are the, the champions of the world. And that element of what Paul touched on before with the, you know, the 
Gomez sliding in as a recovery for his mate who's just been caught out, which is going to happen at this level, and him almost getting up and giving himself like a, a fist pump as if to say, you know what, this is what it's about. And that, for me, has been, been ingrained in two ways. It's been ingrained by Jürgen Klopp because he's, he's, he's the greatest manager in the world, but also about what happened last year with City. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we all know and we all suffered with it. But in ev- any other league season ever, that would have, they would have, we would have already been champions. We'd be defending champions now. And they've been hurt far more than we have by that because they were the lads going out yeah. for 96 minutes, 97 minutes, 90, every year last year, winning last minute, you know, last minute Divakarigi goals at Newcastle and coming away thinking, oh, this has got to be ours. And then watching company score that goal, it hurts us and it pissed us off. But imagine what it done to mm-hmm. them lads who were the ones doing it. And this is now a result of that because mm-hmm. they are like in every in the, in the last minute, you know, do we concede to Wolves? Okay, well we're still eleven points clear, or we're still tw- no, we're fucking going to win one. The, 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 the thing that I hate the most, just speaking for myself, last season was all throughout last season. I thought we were better than them, and the league table doesn't lie, and there was only a point in it. But I just thought we were a better side mm-hmm. than Man City, and that's why all the way through I thought we were going to win. And I think. You can't argue what City have done the two seasons before this one. They got 198 points over two seasons. It's absolutely ridiculous. But And this isn't a knock on them, but I think what they're very good at and what they were very good at the two seasons before is winning a certain way. And you can't knock it because, like I said, the points tally, it doesn't lie. And like teams couldn't find a way to, to fix that or anything. But why I thought we were best than them, and it's obviously shown this season, is this side's so good that, like you said, winning all kinds of ways. Whereas I think it's what's shown this season with City. And it's not a knock on them because in any other season, they'd be doing all right and then they'd still be in a title race despite the fact that now they're slipping up a bit more because of the pressure that we're putting but I think it's anything goes wrong in a City game whether it be a sending off an early goal conceded they're not sure how to react whereas the biggest credit to this Liverpool side is any situation you put them in you know they'll, they'll see it through last night was a difficult game off the back of a busy fixture but they get through it they're just, they're just good yeah. enough to beat them Sheffield United away is a tough one they miss a few chances but get through it and it all comes from the back of last season where Southampton away you can see the goal it's not looking great it's 1-1 till late on we see it through and I, I remember making a point at the start of the season where people were not down about last year because we obviously won the European Cup and things but on the league I think I said well it will come for something and it was so important that we got the 97 points tally because and you've seen this season it's sort of almost seamlessly carried through and it's counter for everything because the players look back and what would be so sweet if we do in the league this year is I worried last season like oh I don't want the Southamptons away and the Fulham's away to, to not come for anything I, I wanted the league title to look back on them and yeah. say listen we got our league title for that but I think the beauty of this season and the fact that we've carried on winning and winning and winning is that if we do win it this year and it's looking increasingly likely that we will, you can look back on all them games last season, especially that run in after Everton and say, all them are part of this. They're all part of winning the league this season because it's, it's made that it's made the players realise how important every game and winning it is. I think it's done that for, for us, Paula, but I think the other thing, and you know, we are here to talk about all of it to an extent, is I think in the end it's just eroded City. Mm. Just that little bit. That's one of the one of the re- the keeper I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tough red to be honest with you in that I think that the, the player is clever and all that sort of stuff. But part of the reason why the keeper's charging off his line is because he doesn't mm. like the defenders mm-hmm. and he knows we've got to win every game. So he comes here and out and he and suddenly there's down to ten men and it's just little things like that like absolutely just eroding them. Definitely. And that's what I think's happened. I think it happens at the back end of last season and the fact that we start the way we do yeah. and they must just be absolutely sick of us. Yeah, because it, it, it because when you look at them and, and <laughs> you can go. Do you think they'd have lost? Honestly, all three of you just quick before I bring Paul back in. Do you think they'd have lost to Wolves if we had if we'd have dropped points at Leicester? No, no, no. And yeah. I that's what yeah, I mean. Totally. Paul, it, it just erodes them. Yeah, definitely. And you, you, when you think about it, like you 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 made some cracking points there again, Paddy. When 
last season we were like you know every time they played we play and win and they it was like are we going to really be able to shake these mm. and although they got over the line and fair play to them and your know, company's amazing don't just, they don't get the respect they deserve for that last season no I exactly no, no. And, they, and they do and even you know, to the extent when we, we go back to 13, 14 when they, they, they we won 9 of our last 11 they won 11 of their last 11 that's a credible achievement for them to win the league and they do deserve to get it for that but when you think they must win that cup and go blooming hell we've done that that was hard work with them and then we come back and we go bang 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 and I think they've just gone we're done here we're done and you know when you start hearing things like you know Guardiola might be taking this if they were top of the league 13 points clear Guardiola wouldn't think about having a, a mid mid contract break he's doing that because of us and their fans hate us for it their players hate us for it and long may it continue because we are potentially we, we are you know touch wood and all that but going to win the league this year and, and beat one of the best teams that's ever been. And we're going at the moment. You know, we we we've, we've literally we just as you say, eroded as a crack and weird because that's what we've done to them. Yeah, no, I I, I think it's what on. I think they've literally got over the line. I think Neil's spot on it from the point of view of the general public. Don't give them the credit they deserve for last year. It gets referenced, though. You know, Liverpool lost the league at home to Everton or away at Everton, and, and the United get fucking absolute bollocks. City won the league last year. We 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 finished second to get the point, and then they've done that. As you say, got over the line. Probably all sat back and gone, "Oh, that was amazing." A couple of weeks later, watch us win the European Cup. Going, how the fuck have they done that after what we've both just been through? All right, we'll go and have our breaks. A lot of players didn't have any breaks, and then they come back, and then it's just us, boom, boom, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh my god!" And it's obviously, you know. Dave, after the games they've lost this year, they wouldn't have done if it had been closer. I'm convinced of it. And it, the, the Wolves game is a prime example of Edison charging out and everything's kind of turned up a notch. Whereas, as Paddy referenced this year, I think we look a lot calmer. We've we, it, we've kind of gone the opposite ways. We've become a calmer, more structured, mm. efficient game-winning team and they seem to have cranked up to where they play on the edge a bit more but remember well, last year so we had the fixes this year and we were like okay so um, Burnley away is always a tough one for City so you know fingers crossed and obviously in the end it was a, a millimetres goal on it um, Leicester that's a big one Leicester home Brendan Rodgers got them playing well go on then lads here's our fixture list where are we dropping those points? Because, yeah. because honestly, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm generally keeping my feet on the ground because uh, you know, just it's it's within touching distance. But uh, you look at it like that, and you hear comments like from Jack Grealish, who said, you know, where you know everyone's capable of beating them except Liverpool, because and little comments like that, and that mindset, and they're watching us win game after game after game. They're looking at the fixtures, going, okay, so where are they going to drop those points? They've got to come to us, okay. So let's say you've played really well, and we and, and we have a and you beat us sound. Where else are we going to drop those points? And that's the, that's the big thing what, when you look at it now. To what you see over, just last little thing, Paddy, the end of when you watched, the, the for me, the penalty uh, for City and the retake and the way Guardiola was, the fact that he wanted to take Sterling off the penalty. I think he was clearly sort of signaling, like, get him off that penalty. Mm. I don't want him taking that again. The, the, again, that's when we talk about the calm, the calm that you talk about that we exude. They just looked so frazzled, so, so frazzled to get that penalty. And it really did look like, it, you know, genuine, everyone on the pitch just felt at this emotional peak. And that's what we put them in. Yeah, I think the biggest credit to us on that point as well is that they haven't eroded us. And this has been a battle now for near 18 months because it felt after Kiev and things like that. And the fact that we beat them a couple of times, well, won the European Cup and then at Anfield the year before, it felt like we'd said, right, we're going for them this year. So it's been a battle now for about 18 months. The fact that they haven't eroded us is the biggest credit to this team and the manager because it'd be so easy, especially after last season, to say, like, 
how on earth like can we not just yeah. both agree to a, <laughs> a high 80 points tally <laughs> and we battle it out and then in april with we'll discussion then we'll go to their place and we'll, we'll sort it out there but we just went no we're gonna completely go all out again and listen it hasn't been easy for us this season there's times when it's not like they've had this big collapse throughout the season they started well yeah they dropped points at home to Tottenham but you're allowed to drop points at home to Tottenham they they started well and there's that for me it all goes back to Villa Park and things like that and it would have been so easy and and not, not listen the, the great United has lost games through a season and it would have been so easy to look at that Villa one where you, you're actually done by the, the VAR thing where Firmino's goal it, it, any other, it's onside and things and it just wasn't going our way and with five to go I was, I was, I was stood there thinking I can't see how we lose this game because we're used to us not losing but I just can't see how we're getting it from it now and then all of a sudden they turn it around and then from that point on it's like it's, it's, we beat them and then it's carry on rolling but listen it hasn't been easy for us this season and it shows how the fact that it hasn't eroded us and Villa away we're not panicking it's just we keep playing our game even like the corner that we scored that winner from against Villa it's, it's, it's hardly like lashed into the box and everyone's going for it it's like they go well we'll try that one from the training ground we'll, we'll see if that let's see the last kick of the game and Trent goes going, we'll try that one and then it works it's like because they've kept their heads that much which not to knock them on that, but you just can't imagine, like you said, the City's had a panic on retaking penalties and things. You just can never imagine Liverpool doing that. Like, Leicester's 1 0. Milner's first touch is a penalty. Like, imagine clock going, hang on, mate. This is your first touch. You're not going on this. This is too important. You just could never imagine. Everyone trusts each other in our team, whether it be the subs, whether it be the, the, anyone. And there's no doubt about the fact that they've all got each other's backs. And for 18 months now, Kiev could have done them. Kiev could have wrecked them. And boy, for 18 months now, they've been as calm as ever. I think they've thought, our time will come. We'll just do keep doing enough and worry about ourselves and we'll erode them rather than the other way around. I so. think the thing on the Villa one is that interesting because it, it's come out. I know, I know Sean knows a couple of people involved in coaching and stuff. And I, through Warrington, I know a couple of people. And Liverpool do training sessions in 10, 12 minute bursts with a 1 0 down. So he puts the first 11 on against a, a high level reserve team or youth team and he gives them a scenario with a 1 0 down. And the scenario is only complete if they win the game. So the Villa one, whether they've actually done that specifically, but is so they'll pen them in and they'll have the front 11, the first 11 on. And they'll be one nil down, maybe against ten men, or you'll be down to ten. Men. And he does it in short, sharp burst in ten sessions, where it's like you've got fourteen minutes to t- turn this game around. On mm. on, uh, you know what? And it, it's repetition. It's things yeah. like you. What you said is about it's it's absolutely spot on. They're doing it where the okay, we'll do that. For, it's because probably in the week they've they've been in that scenario. Okay, what what happens if we're, if we're one one in the six minutes left? No, we stay calm and we practice this. So when they're doing it and we're watching, going, ah, is it not just pumping the ball up? It's like, because this is what we do, lads. This is how we're doing it. Okay, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much to Paddy Fitzsimons, to Andy McCann and to Paul Johnson. It has been the Anfield Wrap this week. It's been in association with The Athletic. And it is theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap to sign up. All sorts of fantastic stuff going on. And apologies if you've been having a little bit of a problem with our website this week. We've been having a problem with it as well. We're doing everything we can to get things sorted. Don't think that's not the case. Uh, take it easy. Enjoy the Reds. Have a fantastic new year. Podcast Network.